episode. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is creepy news. This comes to us from Gizmodo. Uh, the headline reads, The urban legend about scattering human ashes at Disney is true, and it's worse than we thought. Oh, no. This just creeps me out so much. <laughs> Have you heard about this before? Like, Not really. I mean, I... I'd heard, like, the legend I before I saw this story, but I... I didn't really put much thought into it. I didn't think it. that that... I didn't hear it as, like, a legend. I heard it as, like, a oh, yeah, sometimes people, like, try to scatter ashes at Disney, but, like, not yeah. really... I, I hadn't kind really of, thought about that much. I just kind of assume people put ashes everywhere. Like, yeah, me too. Like, that's just a... People, they put them in rivers, they put them in right, fields, just, and... And you just have to hope you don't breathe in too much people. Anyway. I never usually think about <laughs> this in my normal everyday <laughs> life, so I haven't really thought about how often I breathe in the dust of people, but... Now I might. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, to take your mind off of it, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, for at least 11 years, an unnerving story has made the rounds on Disney fan blogs. People regularly scatter the ashes of loved ones at Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, the Wall Street Journal confirmed the urban legend on Wednesday. So that'll be a week ago when this airs. Um, and it happens on a monthly basis. It's, so it's actually pretty common. <laughs> which is upsetting, is so to say often. the least. Uh, and Disney employees even have a special code to report when it happens, which is HEPA cleanup. So <laughs> I guess keep your ears open for that. Uh, HEPA stands for high-efficiency particulate air, and it's a, it refers to a type of filter you need to suck up very fine particles like human ashes. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. So, for its recent report, the Wall Street Journal talked to custodians of the park who have taken part in cleaning up human remains as well as at least three families who have spread them. And these are some quotes from that article. Uh, Current and former custodians at Disney Parks say identifying and vacuuming up human ashes is a signature and secret part of working at the happiest place on Earth. (laughs) Just the the juxtaposition of talking about human (laughs) remains and the happiest place on Earth is just... That's so weird. uh, It just makes it even worse. Uh... And they say human ashes have been on, spread in flower beds, on bushes, uh, and on Magic Kingdom lawns, outside the park gates, and during fireworks displays on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and in the moat underneath the flying elephants of the Dumbo ride. But most frequently of all, according to custodians and park workers, they've been dispersed throughout the Haunted Mansion, the 49-year-old attraction featuring an eerie old estate full of imaginary ghosts. And the best quote from this article comes from a Disneyland custodian who says, the Haunted Mansion probably has so much human ashes in it that it's not even funny. That's terrifying. I agree with him that it is not very, that's not even funny. No. It's just gross and upsetting. And I will never go to that ride or building or whatever it is. Yeah. Is that one in Disney World or Disneyland? I think it's in Disney It might be in both. Oh, okay. They might have it in both. I know it's in Disney World because I haven't been to Disneyland, but I've been on the Haunted Mansion ride. Oh, okay. I I have not been to Disneyland either, but I have been to Disney World, but it's been a while. Yeah. After, I don't know. I I was born in Florida, so I have family there. And so I've I've visited a few times. Mm. And by a few, I mean a lot. Wait, so you've been in this building that they're talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) At least once. (laughs) Probably more than once. Ooh. Yeah, no. Ooh. Luckily, I was young enough that I didn't even realize death was a thing. So, anyway, 
A Disney spokeswoman told the Wall Street Journal, this type of behavior is strictly prohibited and unlawful. Guests who attempt to do so will be escorted off the property. So technically, yeah, it's illegal to be dumping ashes in a, in a place like this. Um, I assume that's probably true for most, like, public, not, like, or at least privately owned theme park I, situations. I, I Where is it legal to dump ashes? That's a good question. I don't actually know. Oh. So, I don't know. We'll have to look this up later, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a fun Google search. <laughs> uh, and the, the article closes out saying that if you're thinking about spreading a loved one's ashes at Disneyland or Disney World, uh, just realize that the parks know about it, they're prepared for it, and um, the chances are that the human ashes you left behind will probably end up in the trash, as is the process. So. Wow. Gross and sad and creepy. It's just, it's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy and gross. Um, I'm wondering too, like they, they know that people put them in the moat, moats, maybe plural. Right. They can't clean that up too, can they? I mean, they must have a way to clean out the water, right? It's like a pool, like if there's an emergency. Yeah, but in like, the pool. isn't the particulate like small enough that it's just going to be in there? Like, how is that? I don't know. I guess definitely don't go swimming in those moats. Yeah, like I already would have assumed that those moats are disgusting, but now <laughs> Probably I'm just real like gross. even more. I don't know. Okay, yeah. anyway. Just know, know if you go swimming, you're not swimming alone. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, my first story is costume news. And this is from KUTV, which is a local Salt Lake City news site, but this is really more of a national story. And the headline is, the CDC says it's okay to dress up your chickens for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently it's been, uh, some reports have been circulating around the news media that the Centers for Disease Control, or the CDC, um, has been warning people against dressing up chickens for Halloween. And in response to that, the CDC released an official statement that said, despite news reports saying otherwise, people can dress up chickens in Halloween costumes. However, the Public Health Institute does advise chicken owners to handle them carefully to keep their families and chickens safe and healthy. I can confirm that those reports are so good because I actually heard about this before you brought up the story. <laughs> but I only, I only well, heard the part where they said don't yeah, because it's apparently unsafe and you can like spread disease by touching chickens. So... And- Right. So that fact is true. It's you, you have to be safe when you're handling chickens. Yeah. But the part about the costumes is completely (laughs) false. And I just love that now the CDC has had to release an official statement regarding chicken costumes. I love that that's a clarification they have to make. CDC. Um, so they did post some safety tips. So here are the tips that they posted. (laughs) Uh, the first one is always wash your hands after touching chickens or anything in their environment. Then keep chickens outdoors. Never bring them in your house. Don't eat or drink in the area where the birds live or roam. Don't kiss your birds or snuggle them and then touch your face or mouth. And that the punctuation in that sentence made it slightly unclear. <laughs> but I think what it meant was don't kiss the chickens or... Or. Hard or. Or, hard or, totally separate concept now. If you're snuggling them, don't then touch your face and mouth after you snuggle them. Yes. I think the kissing implies you're touching your mouth to the chicken. (laughs) 
I, I would agree that I think that implies that. Um, and then the last one was that children under five years old should not hold or touch chickens because young children are more likely to get sick because they don't know to like not touch their mouth and stuff after they right, they're always, they're always putting their hands in their mouths. So, yeah. So those were, those are the chicken safety tips, but yeah. they did clarify you can dress them up in a Halloween costume one more time. You just got to be careful. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all those safety tips, I would kind of hope that people who have chickens would know, but I guess the CDC you would think just felt, that, the, felt the need to, to clarify. It's possible that they run into cases where people think, oh, these are cute. Let me just have some pet chickens in my house. And they That's don't realize true. that they can. Well, like the whole like urban like, chicken you know, thing dirty. is like people with just like small uh, backgrounds, but in urban areas, like raising mm. chickens. It's kind of catching on. I yeah. Have, I have a friend like in Denver you, you who does You can it. do that. Um, just, you have to keep you just have to be care- Yeah. <laughs> like you just have to be careful of like not. Yeah. There's some hygienic health issues with it. So you just have to be careful. That's right. all. But still feel free to dress them up in cute yeah, costumes. Yeah, but feel free to dress them up in cute costumes that are made for a chicken. Does this exist? Apparently. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> you could probably get a costume for like a snake. <laughs> There's probably I'm costumes sorry. for everything. It would just be I'm like, it would just, just be a tube of fabric. A snake <laughs> like in a bow tie. For some uh, reason. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of cute. Wouldn't that be cute? Yeah. All right. My next story is Monster News. <laughs> which is a slightly misleading title and uh, also uh, tangentially connects to the story that you just mentioned. Uh, okay. This one is also from Gizmodo, which uh, that's my source for a couple stories this week. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> not sorry. They're a great source. Um, the headline reads, mesmerizing deep sea, quote, headless chicken monster, end quote, filmed in the Southern Ocean. What? <laughs> Good reaction. Uh so this is a type of sea cucumber with the scientific name Enipneastus eximia, eximia, whatever. Uh, it, and it has been filmed in the Southern Ocean off East Antarctica for what officials say is the first time in that region. Uh, it, the footage of the creature, which is informally referred to as the headless chicken monster <laughs> due to its appearance, which I will show you in a second. I because would love to see that. It is slightly upsetting uh it comes this footage comes courtesy of new underwater camera technology being used by researchers to aid in marine conservation efforts Uh, the video was shared sunday by the australian antarctic division which is part of australia's department of the environment and energy so this creature had previously only been filmed in the gulf of mexico so warmer waters this is the first time they've seen it in the antarctic region um i think this is a good time to show you what it looks like okay it's a type of sea cucumber. Sea cucumber. Yeah. Okay. It's so it's so weird looking. <laughs> That's so weird. It, it looks like it looks, a headless chicken. It looks like a headless chicken with like no, with all its limbs cut off. It's really yeah. creepy. It's um, gross. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to see this thing move. Oh, uh, I don't understand this. It's re- monster. it's really strange. I'm gonna call it a monster now. <laughs> Well, that's so its weird. Name. Yeah, so it's like a headless chicken with with its limbs cut off, but then there's also fins. Right, it also has somehow. fins, but it's also like bright red, which I think is what makes it even creepier. It's yeah, like, because I think of like a skinned chicken. Uh, yeah, it's, which sorry for that visual, but yeah, that's well, what it looks like. It's it's creepy. Uh, so the animal spends most of its time uh, buoying along the seafloor and using its, uh, quote, modified tube feet to feed on surface sediments. 
they can swim if they want to, and they use fin-like structures, as Alex alluded to, uh, to escape predators or lift off the ocean floor. Uh, Australian Antarctic Division program leader Dirk Wellsford said... <laughs> okay, I don't know why, but that name just really makes me laugh. It's such a good name. Dirk Wellsford. Dirk Wellsford. He said, until recently, gear that could survive the depths where the headless chicken monster... <laughs> I love that he calls it that. Uh, lives... Uh, lives required specialized technicians to operate and sometimes uh, specialized vessels to launch from. However, we have managed managed to design a camera that is strong enough to go to 3,000 meters deep and be run by crew on fishing vessels. So just you, any kind of run-of-the-mill boat. Uh, so we have the potential to deploy cameras and collect data from a much wider va- uh, range of vessels and places. So basically they've developed this advanced camera technology that they can easily take anywhere in the ocean. Hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, The technology was originally developed by the Australian Antarctic Division uh, for commercial use in longline fishing, um, but the underwater camera technology that captured this uh, creature that I showed you is now being used by the division to collect data for the Commission for the Conservation of Antarctic Marine Living Resources, Hmm. uh, which is a very... There's an acronym, but it's not pronounceable, so (laughs) I'll spare you. And... um, this, uh, this group is an international commission that focuses on conserving Antarctic marine life, which is one part of the ocean that we really, like, we know very little about. Like, we already don't yeah. know a lot about the deep sea, but mm-hmm. especially the cold water, because it's a lot less accessible to people, is a, is a place that we know very little about. So it was kind yeah. of surprising to find this, uh, this uh, deep sea horror <laughs> in this area, <laughs> in addition to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, my next story is creepy space news. This is from CNN, and the headline is, Settle down, guys. A skull-shaped asteroid is not headed for Earth this Halloween. What a relief, can I just say. (laughs) Uh, Despite what your social media feeds are telling you, an asteroid shaped like a skull is not going to zip by Earth this Halloween. Asteroid 2015 TB145 looked like a skull when it passed by our planet three years ago on Halloween. But now the object may be a bit less humorous, that was a pun, because its shape may since have changed. (laughs) Um, So this asteroid was actually discovered on October 10th, 2015, by the University of Hawaii's Pan-STARRS, or Panoramic Survey Telescope and Rapid Response System telescope, in Haleakala on the island of Maui. And in 2015... This asteroid was passing by Earth, and it missed the Earth by just 300,000 miles. Um, And it was visible to people on Earth with good telescopes, basically. Like, you could see it when it was passing by. That's that's really close. It was really, really (laughs) close, yeah. And also, it looked like a skull. And so it kind of, like, got this... It kind of got famous because it looked like a skull. And now it's just... What's happening is it's popping up again in the news. Because it actually is passing by Earth, but this time it's going to be um, 25 million miles away. It's a little farther. So, yeah. <laughs> so it will be passing by again, um, but you won't be able to see it at all. Right. Um, and the asteroid was previously estimated to be 2,000 feet in diameter. However, asteroids change shape over time because they smash into other celestial objects and break apart. Um, and also, the the closest point while it's passing won't actually happen until November 11th. So it's not even <laughs> on Halloween anyway. Um, and also, NASA says that this asteroid is most likely a, quote, dead comet 
which means that it has likely shed the pieces that would produce a, a visible tail seen on some comets. So it's so, not even going to be like so a shooting like, star kind yeah. of situation. So all of these <laughs> things combined, like there's no way you're going to see this thing. Yeah. Um, so if you see that in your social media news, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> it's like they're re-spewing like the news and the photos from 2015 when it was really close and people could see it. Right. Um, but it is kind of still passing in the same around the same time frame and... Um, if you do get a chance to see a photo of this asteroid, it does look like a skull. It yeah. is very creepy. It's it's super scary. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh. It's like um, it looks like a skull, but also kind of like an alien esque skull. Like it's not like it's not perfectly yeah, it's human kind of a proportion. Little, like, it's like pointy ish on the top. Yeah, it's got like a bigger like top half. Yeah. Um, this also could be a case of. I don't know what that thing is called when people like see faces, faces and, and stuff. Yeah. It could be that too, but it definitely looks like a human skull. Oh, yeah. Like a skull. A, a humanish skull. Human, a humanoid. Humanoid. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have invented a word for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's still creepy, but, um, it will not be close enough to see. So oh. sorry for all you out there that have a, well, we'll just telescope. have to, just have to enjoy the pictures from before. Mm-hmm. All right. The last story that I brought is, uh, I'm just going to call it Halloween news. This comes from Pop Sugar, which I don't think I've ever used as a source before and probably never will again. Uh, But the (laughs) the headline reads, uh, there's a petition to change the date of Halloween. I guess the headline isn't super exciting. But... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting, I want to know why there's a petition. Uh, Yeah, so... uh, the, the article asks, is, head, is Halloween still Halloween if it's celebrated on October 27th versus October 31st? Uh, as surprising as it might seem, a growing group of people are pushing to move the Halloween holiday from its long-held position at the very end of October to the last Saturday of the month. So it'd be like a Thanksgiving situation where it's like a set week or oh. day of the week. Okay. But uh, this time Saturday instead. Um, the change.org petition, petition was uh, created by the Halloween and Costume Association three months ago, and it's called the Saturday Halloween Movement. The goal of the organizers is to have it be a full day of celebration rather than trying to cram it into the, a couple of hours during the week in the, in the evening after school and work, um, which I kind of I kind of get the idea. Mm, yeah, I think I it makes, makes a little sense. bit of sense. Um, The petition then offered up a bulleted list of all the safety concerns that come with the holiday being primarily celebrated with trick-or-treating in the dark evening hours. Uh, For example, the association claims that 70% of parents don't accompany their kids trick-or-treating, which seems really high to me, but maybe that's true. I don't high. It seems like, I don't know. I never went without my parents. 70%? Like. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems high to me too, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's what they have. Um, and they also said that 82% of parents don't put some kind of high visibility aid on their children's costumes. That I believe. Yeah. I, that's extra like effort and it right. might not fit in with the costume, which isn't a good reason because it, like, it is a safety yeah. concern when they're out at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, more than 8,000 people have signed the petition, which has a goal of getting 10,000 signatures. I don't know what happens when it gets to 10,000 signatures. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it just uh, like flip, flips a switch and suddenly the law is that Halloween is now a different day. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that, that people were trying this. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. Um, I definitely get why. It does make sense, I think, from a safety perspective. Right. But on the other hand... I think there's something really fun and cool about being a kid and being able to 
do something at night like that. Yeah. You don't get a lot um, of opportunities as a kid to like just be out after dark. Yeah. Like the, the whole experience of just, it's, oh, it's nighttime and I'm going to go out and there's other kids around and like we're all doing this thing together and it's like a community thing. Like that doesn't happen that often, at least around where I grew up. So I just remember being a kid and like that experience was very unique and I was excited about it for like the once a year that it happened. So I feel that if Halloween celebration was changed to like a Saturday afternoon thing, it wouldn't have the same fun. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't be the same experience. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. Like I I definitely get where they're coming from, but I don't know, even just like, it's kind of a lame reason, but it's tradition. Like, it just yeah, feels, I feel like I it would know. be weird if it wasn't well, the 31st. Right. I mean, and then there's the whole thing where it's like, has like religious background, like the history oh, yeah, of it, yeah. like why it's on that day. And it's it, not, yeah, it it's has, not it arbitrary has this, like Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanksgiving is arbitra- arbitrarily placed. Right? <laughs> right. Whereas like All Hallows Eve, you know, is a, is a thing that's been, it's been a thing for a long time. And even though our traditions have changed over time, right. I think that that, it's still linked into that same concept. I think it's been that way for, I mean, I actually, I guess I don't know. I'm not, I don't know all the like history of Halloween and whatnot, but you're not a Halloween scientist. No. A hollow historian. Huh, yeah. That works. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, the, does like the tradition stuff, does that Trump like child safety? safety? Yeah. Probably not. No, but I don't know. I know it's it's hard to think of like I I don't have kids so I I yeah, don't know I don't how I feel about either, that part so. of it so I don't know it's hard it's harder to understand I think when you're like when you're not a parent right. probably so but yeah that's really interesting I had not heard that before yeah me neither okay my next story is a Halloween science news <laughs> and this is from parade.com and the headline is. Watching these 10 horror movies can burn up to 200 calories. <laughs> um, so even though this was posted recently this month, it actually was about a study that happened a few years ago. But okay. just letting you know that up front, it was a 2012 study from the University of Westminster in London that revealed that watching scary horror movies can help burn off calories. In the study, researchers measured the oxygen intake, heart rate, and carbon dioxide output of participants as they watched (laughs) 10 horror movies. They discovered that watching a 90-minute horror movie can, on average, burn approximately 150 calories, which equates to the same amount burned off in a 30-minute walk. Wow. So, okay, so it's one move. I thought you were saying watching all 10 of them. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. That seems like a lot. In the study, they tested 10 different movies. And... They actually reported on the average calories for each one. And I have a list of the. Oh, rankings. good, 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 good. So good. Uh, let me explain the science first. Oh, yeah. So, according to Richard McKenzie, a cell metabolism and physiology specialist and senior lecturer at the University of Westminster. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so impressive. Um, the scary movie scenes caused viewers' pulses to race, sparking a chain reaction that ultimately led to burning more calories. He said, as the pulse quickens and blood pumps around the body faster, the body experiences a surge in adrenaline. It is this release of fast-acting adrenaline produced during short bursts of intense stress, or in this case brought on by fear, which is known to lower the appetite, increase the basal metabolic rate, and ultimately burn a higher level of calories. So it's almost like you're doing like 
an intensity based workout or something like that. That's, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like circuit training. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just every once in a while. Ah, 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 ah. Ah. <laughs> That's like your reps is like jump scares. That's <laughs> so funny. So, okay, so I'm gonna. I don't know if you do. You want to guess what the number one movie was? See, I don't actually watch a lot of I, horror okay, movies. I actually didn't know that. So I'm, you probably will. I'm super. I'm super squeamish and easily. I, I jump very easily. That's fine. I you burn so many calories, I would, Anthony. <laughs> I had to. I had to reorient my desk so that people would stop sneaking up on me at work. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's where I'm, I'm at. Okay, so I won't have you guess, but I'll just list off the top <laughs> ten. Okay, so number one was The Shining, hmm. and they. Um, reported that the average calories burned for the participants in the study was 184 calories for wow. watching that movie, which is like pretty good. That's, that's an average. That's Some a decent workout for just sitting there watching a I movie. I know, right? Um, so then the next ones were Jaws, The Exorcist, Alien, Saw, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Paranormal Activity, The Blair Witch Project, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Wreck, like record symbol, which I actually I've, am not really familiar with. I was going to say, I've, I've heard of all those except for, except for that um, one. I, yeah, I'm not really familiar with that last one, but it's like, it's like REC, like the record mm-hmm. button is like the name of the movie. So, okay. So yeah, that was the top 10 that they said. So if you're planning on watching any of those movies this Halloween, know that you're going to burn off some calories. Yeah, you're getting a little <laughs> extra benefit from it. If you're from actually your scared fest. from it. I right. Mean, if you're just sitting there and like you're not scared, that's not going to do the whole effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's so, something you've seen a million times and you know everything that's coming, it might not. It, yeah, it might not be the same. Results may vary. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, so normally we would do breaking news right now, but because it's our special Halloween episode, Anthony and I have prepared some unique segments that we're going to use instead of that segment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to go first? Yes. Okay. So uh, I found this article uh, in The Federalist uh, by a man named Hans Fien, and I'm bringing up his name because... That means that's who we get to disagree with. Uh, <laughs> but the headline is, here's the only completely correct ranking of Halloween candy. Oh, and man. I just want to take you through this list, uh, kind of rapid fire, and we're going to call this segment Sugar Rush. And let's just see, uh, let's just see what we think. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, coming at the bottom, number 30, candy corn. Which I think we've already we've talked about this before. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. It's m- fine. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, number twenty nine, Tootsie Rolls. I don't really. Those, those like, are they're, like eh, they're meh. That seems a little low, but also they're not really that good. I don't have any feelings about them. I don't. Yeah, I don't have so a strong feeling. I know my I know my grandma really likes them. That's about really? all. Okay. <laughs> that's about all I can say for them. Uh, number twenty eight, Whoppers. These are like those little chocolate covered malt. Things that are like crunchy. Oh, I don't like the malt yeah. ball things. I kind of, I'm, I kind of like them, but also I get why you wouldn't like them because they're kind of just like, it's like it's probably chocolate. Taste. It's chocolate covered dryness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, the flavor is weird. On top of that, yeah. So. so it's like if you're gonna get something covered in chocolate, get something else. Uh, like number twenty-seven, raisinets, <laughs> which maybe not raisinets. Never eaten. <laughs> <laughs> never eaten those, so I guess I can't say whether they're good or not. But I've never wanted that. I, I have, I have had them. They're okay. I feel like the chocolate they used to cover them isn't that good, and maybe it would oh. be better if it was like high quality chocolate covering up a raisin. But like, I also Probably. feel like there are other things you could put on like chocolate around that I would rather have. 
Um, or just give me the chocolate. <laughs> uh, number 26, Sour Patch Kids. I don't like this one. Yeah, that's a little that's low. It's very low. It's a little low. I, I honestly really like Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, those are good. Like I would put that higher sour up. Sour and gummy and delicious. Yeah. Uh, number 25, Mike and Ike. Meh. I, yeah, I I don't have a strong opinion on these. Eh. I think I think I'll eat them. <laughs> I won't not eat them. Uh, I do like his quote here. The mics are decent, but the Ikes leave much to be desired. What <laughs> does that even mean? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> We've already we already know this this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So yeah. Uh, number twenty four, uh, Butterfinger. That also seems a little bit low. Seems low to me. I I but... like Butterfinger, but I also of the like chocolate bar candies. It's like it's so sticky and yeah, like it does. It gets stuck in it your gets teeth, stuck in and your it's teeth. kind of annoying like the eating process like the mouthfeel is kind of annoying <laughs> oh boy the but mouthfeel the, the, <laughs> but the flavors in it are good yeah yeah no i'll agree with that yeah. if they could if they could re-engineer the butterfinger to get that flavor without like mm-hmm. destroying my teeth then yeah i would be down for it same uh number 23 plain m&ms so I'm assuming that other types of M&Ms are on this list? Yeah, I can see I, I can see at least one already. already. Okay. So I assume I assume the others are on it. Okay. Um so yeah, so that's, then that's probably fine. right for yeah. those. They're fine. Uh 22 Smarties. Um I like Smarties. I like them. I feel I, I understand I, why they're at that spot. Right. They they I feel like they're appropriately ranked here. A little chalky, but like still a, a good taste, I think. Yeah. Good mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> uh number 21 Twizzlers unpopular opinion i do not like twizzlers they taste like plastic garbage to me i'm really sorry if you like twizzlers that that's just me i'm alex has strong opinions here if i you like them that's okay i just don't like them yeah i'm i'm kind of ambivalent on twizzlers uh how do you feel about red vines the same yeah okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> i can't personally tell the difference and i'm probably going to get skewered for that but <laughs> Anyway, why, why are they supposed to be better or something? They're supposed to be better. Everyone, okay. who, everyone who likes red vines likes them way more than Twizzlers, and everyone who likes Twizzlers isn't that passionate about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, all right, good uh, to know. <laughs> number twenty is Crunch Crackle Crispy M and M's. I don't know if that's three different kinds of M and M's or what, um, but they I say, I'm not familiar with that type of. M&Ms. They say it's like one of the rice ones, so like the Crunch Bars, I guess. Like, so the, the that like the rice in the chocolate, but in an M M&M. and M. But in an M M&M. and M. Okay. Does each M&M That'd wrapped around an indiv- individual grain of rice? Mmm. <laughs> 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 Rice-filled M&M's. <laughs> I'm not sold. Um, I guess they're fine there. I, I've never had them, though. Number 19 is Three Musketeers, which I'm personally a big fan of. Okay. So I think that Three Musketeers and Milky Way are kind of simplistic for me. Mm-hmm. I like candy bars that have more things in them, like nuts or caramel or like other types of fillings. So like a Snickers like or gym. like a Twix. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's kind of, that's just like my opinion on it. Okay. I mean, your opinion, so. your opinion is, is valid. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of like how simple they are. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. They're like fluffy and light. Yeah, so I'm they almost okay they almost they almost seem like a healthy candy bar because they like have kind of a lightness to them, <laughs> which is so not true because it's it's still that's just an a, interesting it's perspective. Still a sugar bar. Okay, okay. Um, uh, speaking of Milky Way, they come in at number eighteen. Okay. Um, I like them. They're slightly better yeah, than like Three I'm Musketeers because like, they have a little more to them. They're good. It's just that like if I'm choosing to eat a candy bar, I probably will choose something else that has stuff in it versus something more substantial. That, that's just me though. Okay. Uh, number seventeen, Kit Kat. I like Kit Kats. I do too. 
good mouthfeel. Yeah, they do have a good mouthfeel. <laughs> they do. They, they're, they're really they're, satisfying they're to crunch them. Yeah. yeah. And like snapping them off. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, have you seen the picture where like somebody just takes like a bite out of a Kit Kat bar? <laughs> yeah. It's so upsetting. Yes. <laughs> that it's is in not like how you those, do like, that. Those BuzzFeed lists of like things right. that will set off your OCD. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. What are you doing? You're ruining everything. That is not how that works. Okay, uh, number sixteen, nerds. I like nerds. Nerds are good. I don't eat them very often, but they are very good. I feel like they're weird. Like they're kind of unique. They are unique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number fifteen, Skittles. Skittles are classic. I love Skittles. So good. I like Skittles. I like every flavor of Skittles. I think they're same. They're they're fun. They're chewy. They're fruity. They're delicious. Yep. Uh, Skittles good. Thumbs up Skittles. Number fourteen Hershey's chocolate bars. Just a plain Hershey's chocolate bar. Just a plain Hershey's chocolate bar. Though they don't. I don't think they talk about the other kinds. Hmm. So. I would not choose to eat a Hershey's chocolate bar just just that. Like what if it was it's dark. Always... What if it was dark chocolate? Maybe. Do you like dark chocolate more than milk chocolate? You know, it's interesting. Like, I didn't used to. Like, I used mm. to not like dark chocolate, but I think as it's I, some, got I think older, it's as you get older. As I got older, I now like it more. I think. Yeah. No. When I was a kid, chocolate. I was like all milk chocolate all the time. Okay, and that's now really I'm like, funny. I really prefer dark chocolate. I, re- a lot I think of I do. I am switching over to preferring dark chocolate. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, Percy's they're fine. But yeah, they're good in s'mores. They're classic in s'mores and in some other like baking type recipes. But just eating it, eh. yeah. Number 13 upsets me. It's candy necklaces. Why is that even on this list? (laughs) How did that make the top 30? Yeah, that should be like underneath everything else. That should be sub candy corn. Like that is. Yeah. Why is that? I'd rather have a necklace made out of candy corn. I would too. Actually, if I had to choose one of those candy necklaces or a candy corn necklace. That actually sounds kind of fun. That does sound fun. And why has no one ever thought of that It'd be before? way more aesthetically pleasing, too, I think. Because they're like, they're, they're not, not good candy. Like, they're not good necklaces. They're just like. They're just throwaway. They're yeah. bad. Like they're why not, is that even there? It's weird, too, because they're, they're kind of like Smarties, but they're not even as good as Smarties. No, somehow. like they don't taste anything like the Smarties, yeah. though. Anyway. Hmm. I'm just going to disregard that one. Uh, number 12, Milk Duds. I also don't like Milk Duds. I kind of do. Which is funny because I complained about. Butterfinger sticking to your teeth and milk duds are way worse. Really? Oh. They stick there. Yeah, they stick to your teeth like forever. Um, I do. I really like them for some reason though. Uh, number 11 mounds and almond joy. That's two. So they're technically cheating here. Um, I don't like coconut, so I don't eat that either. Yeah. The mounds. Mount, yeah. Mounds is the coconut one. And then almond is what the is? almond one. Almond joy is the almond one. Yeah. They're fine. Um, the chocolate bars, they're not yeah, my favorites. Like- uh, number 10, Starburst. I love Starburst. That is also classic. Starburst is really good. Yeah, what's it your, really is. What's your favorite color? Orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mine is pink. Pink, it's and, definitely pink or red. Orange. It's one of those two for me. Oh, I love Starburst. I would put like Starburst and Skittles at a similar thing. Like if Skittles was higher up on the list, I'd put it right next to Starburst, I think. Yeah. Mm. I can I can, I can, can respect that. Uh, number nine, Twix. We brought up Twix. Love Twix. Twix is very good. Mm-hmm. I do really like Twix. Uh, number eight, Snickers. Also, also love Snickers. Snickers. Before. Also very good. Snickers mm-hmm. is like actually kind of like a substantial <laughs> chocolate bar. Like you got it is. It, yeah, it, it kind of fills you up a little bit. Yeah. As opposed to some of these other things. I like that about it. Yeah. Uh, number seven, gummy bears. Well, that's pretty classic too. Yeah, I like, good. I like gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why they're so high on the list when Sour Patch Kids were so low. Um, but oh yeah, that's very strange. 
I don't know. Hans has his reasons, I'm well, sure. Sour Patch Kids are just like gummies with extra flavoring. With extra, yeah, with like sour flavoring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, how does he, I wonder um, how he feels about sour gummy bears. If that, I'm sure that's a thing. Hmm. Um, number six is Jolly Ranchers. Way too high. Way too high on that list. <gasps> Wait, that's number six? That's number yeah, six. Yeah, no. That that needs to be it's moved like, down. It's a hard candy. Like, what are you doing? No. Like, they're fine. Sure. But yeah, but like, So no. many other options. Uh, number five, Reese's Pieces. I love anything Reese's. I I love Reese's Pieces. They're, they're like, so good. They're like M&M's, but better. That's yeah. That's pretty much yeah. where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, number four is peanut M&M's and peanut butter M&M's and... I actually like so peanut butter M&M's more than, than, Reese's, than Pieces. Reese's Pieces. So I would agree they with this. They are a little bit different. And I, I do like the peanut butter M&M's because they actually have like more peanut butter in each yeah, piece. Yeah, they really, they really do. Um, I've never thought about that comparison, but yeah, I would say peanut butter M&M's are higher. Yeah. So I would definitely, I would definitely, <laughs> I didn't actually look at this entire list before I brought this article, but number three is razor blade stuffed apples. <laughs> 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 Which is, uh. <laughs> Not not a candy. It's it's <laughs> oh my god! It's in fact a crime. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that should not be on this I list. Mean, I guess <laughs> if we're ranking go, them, uh, like ap- apples are pretty necklaces. good, razor blades not so good. Um, I don't know why they're on here. Uh, I like it. I do like a candy apple. They're really sticky. Yeah. They're kind of hard to eat. But you know, I, that's my main thing with candy apples. Yeah, they're so do, hard to eat. I do. I do like the flavor. Um. Number two is uh, a 100 grand bar, which I don't... I, I don't even know if I've I don't had think one of those. I've had one of those. Apparently, they're really good, according to what Hans. Do, what do they have in them? Um, is it just nuts car- and chocolate? Uh, or? Caramel and uh, crispy rice. So it's oh. like a crunch bar with caramel, I guess. Huh. I don't know. I mean, that sounds I should right. try one of those I should, again. I, I should try one of these. Um, number one which I'm 100% behind Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Woo! Reese's! It's the best! It's, oh, it's so good. Unless I, you have a peanut allergy, and I totally, it's probably yeah. not that good. But, but if you don't... If you don't, then... It's totally the best. I completely agree with I'm, that. It's number yeah, one. Way into, I love the regular cups, the mini cups. I just... All, I just, give, oh, just give anything them, Reese's. Just give me all the Reese's Cups. So classic. So good. Yeah. So Never gets old. I uh I definitely I definitely agree with that at least though some of his other rankings were questionable at best. Have you ever made a s'more with a Reese's instead of a Hershey chocolate? No, but I want to right <laughs> now. So I've tried that before and it tastes so good except the problem is that when peanut butter warms up it gets really like liquidy, yeah. melty and it's like so 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 messy like once you bite into it like the peanut butter is just like going everywhere. So that's the only downside but it's really really good. Oh man, I want to try that as soon as possible. Nice. That was Sugar Rush. Woo! My special Halloween segment is Strange Obituaries from 2018. (laughs) So I'm going to read you some choice excerpts from (laughs) four obituaries that were published this year at different points of the year. All right. Okay? Yeah. (laughs) We can, I don't know, talk about it after. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is excerpts from the obituary of Terry from Indiana. Terry graduated from Thornridge High School, where only three of his teachers took an early retirement after having had him as a student. (laughs) He despised uppity foods like hummus. (laughs) Terry died knowing that the Blues Brothers was the best movie ever, young Clint Eastwood was the baddest-ass man on the planet, and hot sauce can be added to absolutely any food. Terry had a lot of opinions. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, this next one is excerpts from the obituary of John from Indiana. His employment history was as fun-filled, wild, and erratic as his personality and his dancing. He was a bartender, gigolo, fish cleaner, and housemaid, only for his wife. He traveled with his wife when and where he wanted, told wildly inappropriate jokes and stories every chance he had, was a snappy dresser, if by snappy you mean tie-dye, a courageous <laughs> dancer, and loved nothing more than fishing, as he was a master baiter. <sighs> he ate a lot of weird stuff. A lot. <laughs> All right. This... I like that they don't give any examples or anything. It's just, just weird stuff. Yeah, no, there were no examples in it. Just weird stuff. <laughs> Um, this next one, slightly different tone, excerpts from the obituary of Kathleen from Minnesota. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle, and moved to California. What? She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents. She passed away on May 31st, 2018, and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. Oh, my God. That's the harshest thing I've ever read. That is... Oh, my God. That is so intense. Why would you do that to someone? Oh. Yeah, so that was published this year. Um, okay, and the final one is excerpts from the obituary of Rick from Alabama. So this one's actually written like an investigational news story, the whole thing. Um, and so I'm going to be paraphrasing it, but... It says that he escaped from the hospital and somehow found an airplane, which he piloted over the Atlantic Ocean, and then disappeared. Then it goes through interviews with all of his relatives, and supposedly none of his relatives know his real occupation. Like, they all had different ideas of what his job was, and it goes through, like, Uncle so-and-so thought he was this. Aunt so-and-so thought this. And then the final paragraph reads, In fact, the only person who might be able to answer the question, Who is the real Rick? is his wife and constant companion for the past 14 years, Susan. Detectives say they were unable to interview her. However, neighbors say they witnessed her leaving the home the couple shared, wearing dark sunglasses and a fedora, loading <laughs> multiple suitcases into her car. FAA records show she purchased a pair of one-way tickets to Rome, which was Rick's favorite city. An anonymous source with the airline reports the name used to book the other ticket was Juan Morfor de Road, which, according to the FBI, was an alias Rick used for many years. <laughs> so, yeah, and then at the end, it kind of explains that, like, his daughter wrote this whole thing, and it's like, it has all these, it's like sprinkled with all these facts about things that he actually, like, liked and stuff, but the way that he, she wrote it was like, like an investigational news thing. So yeah. it's really creative, actually. So. Yeah, that's fun. So, yeah, so those are the unique obituaries from 2018. They're just, people are really creative nowadays, you know, because, yeah. like... I mean, if you're going to write, if you're going to write an obituary, at least maybe have a little bit of fun with it. It's kind of a dark thing, so... Yeah, light, so it's like... Lighten it up. You know, it, it's people, except for that third one that I read. Except, okay, that one was really... That was, that was a little bit, That was like, even more dark than most doing? of them. Um, but the other ones, I think, you know, the, the what they were trying to do was just, like have the whole thing be like a celebration of that person's life, you know, and not right. have this like super dark, sad obituary and said, have one that's like, this is how great this person was. And it's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed our special Halloween episode. Um, we won't be posting an episode on Friday this week, but next week we'll restart our normal schedule where we post every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. 
you like what you heard, you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and those other apps. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook.com slash Knickknack News and on Twitter at at Knickknack News. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.